Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Everybody, welcome to this episode of Coach Taku. I'm Mary, and I'm here with the wonderful Christina. And today we're going to be talking about this amazing anime that Christina made me watch because I was hardcore refusing it. But she was like, "You have to watch this," and I did. And I binge watched the whole thing in one sitting. That's how good this was. And the anime we're going to be talking about is Violet Evergarden. And Violet is amazing. I'll give you a brief synopsis. Violet is a woman, a young girl. She's fourteen, and no one knows where she's where she comes from. All they know is that she's like a machine ready to kill. So, if this is a world in which there's a war, and Violet is used like a tool of war, and that's all she knows. She just knows how to follow orders and be this tool. And she's actually adopted by this major in the war who actually treats her like a person for the first time. Violet is really confused about this because she doesn't know what this means necessarily, and so this is her journey about trying to uh, come to terms with her feelings and the feelings of others. And Christina, would you like to add to that? Sure. I think the the thing I'll add is first of all, made you do it, made you do it, made you do it, made you do it. I love Violet Evergarden. I will warn our listeners if you have not seen it, it is a cry fest. Like, get your tissues ready because you will be sobbing at the end of pretty much every episode. Uh, definitely at least from like episode three onward. And I think the thing I'll add, which is a spoiler alert, is basically at some point Violet loses her arms and has them replaced with prosthetic ones. And in this new form, she desires to understand feelings. And the way that she decides to do that is she becomes what's called an auto memories doll, which could be a robot or could be a human woman but is essentially someone who's trained to help people write letters. And we'll get into the specifics of that job in a little bit, but I think it's a useful detail to know because uh, I'm just so excited. It's so good to get into. Um, And that's what I have. Well, Christina, take it away. I can't stop you. This is like too, this is too good. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, so basically Mary and I, we've been chatting about how do we cover an episode that would help us explore our relationship to our feelings. And I think the reason why Violet Evergarden is the perfect series for this exploration is because you have a character who starts off as being entirely results-driven. She's literally a super soldier. She's capable of doing pretty much anything, and she's really badass at it. But she's void of pretty much any connection to herself. And I think why this matters as a coaching concept is so often I find in transformational work, and Mary, feel free feel to like chime in here. What I find in transformational work is people have this belief that being sensitive or being in touch with their emotions is a hindrance, that in order to be successful or in order to reach your goals, you have to be, you know, less in touch with your feelings and more in touch with. like what you're committed to and what you're going to achieve. And while 
That's true. And in some cases, it's more nuanced than that. And your humanity is actually a huge part of you going along on your journey. Yeah. And I would just add to that, that there's also a conception that some feelings are good and some feelings are bad. Just think of the movie Inside Out. And if you haven't watched that one, you should because it's really cute. But we relate to certain emotions as really being downers and really interfering or getting in the way. And so they stop us from actually creating the things that we want. And that's the relationship that a lot of us have to feelings. So instead, we're used to creating certain automatics for ourselves to push them away and to just keep pushing through um, to get to our goals. And here's this character in this anime who's devoid of that, who's devoid of the emotions. She's almost like a robot. So it's really cool that they call them auto memory dolls because oftentimes people will think of her as a doll, as this an object with no emotions, with nothing behind her. Um, and so we start in this world where the only relationship that Violet has, the only real relationship that she's created is with the major who took her in, who adopted her. And the first episode starts out, spoiler alert, one, two, three, <laughs> that the major is gone. He's not there. He's left her in the care of someone else. And so now Violet has to make her way in this new world on her own. Yeah. And so what I would really love to do is the other thing to just share about the series, and I think it applies to the theme that we're talking about, is Violet Evergarden is episodic. And what I mean by that is basically every episode you meet a new character that she's supporting. And the one stream of consciousness that connects all the episodes together is her personal journey. And so, you know, getting back to this idea of the auto memory doll, the essentially there's, there's requirements to becoming one and they're, they're very specific. You need to type with precision. You need to use proper grammar and spelling. You need to be able to work at a reasonably fast pace. And then lastly, you need to be able to decipher the client's true feelings and express them in the letter. And the reason I want to emphasize this is what I find so fascinating is you have this character, Violet, who has no connection to her own emotions, who thinks, let me become an auto-memories doll in order to connect with feelings, like in order to understand how feelings work. And what you find is it's, it's almost like she's trying to think her feelings through. She's like, oh, well, if I do the feeling, I'll feel the feeling. And the, the consequence of that is when she first off starts off, she sucks at this job. Like every client she goes to is horrified because they're like, you took this way too literally. You made this sound rude. Like, this is not what I wanted to get across at all. She'd make love letters sound like accusations and, you know, letters of gratitude sound like insults. And you could see that her trying to like do her feelings or understand her feelings through her head or her tactile work wasn't sufficient. So Mary, I'm curious, like if, if we could go back and coach like early stage Violet, what would you work with her on? Definitely access to her heart. I mean, this is a, a person, a young woman who's never had to consider her own needs. Everything that she's done is, has been in order. And that's the way that she's functioned in the world. So definitely access to, well, what are her needs? What are her feelings? What who is she? Like the really taking the time to define herself and who she is in this world. I think one of the most striking moments for me too, when we're talking about this is when uh, Major Hodgins, who's the person who took her in, 
on the first day, he tells her, you're burning up. And she doesn't understand what that means. But he's talking about the burn that comes with from being in war, from the experiences, from loss. And Violet can't comprehend the, the notion, the concept, because she's just not attuned to it. But I'm curious, Christina, what, what would you coach her on? Ooh, so I think going off of what you just said with this idea of like she's not even present to how she's feeling or what she's feeling, like I would love to coach Violet on being present with herself. Because what you see is as a child soldier and as the super soldier, she is present to winning the war. And when the major Gilbert takes her in as one of his own, she becomes very present to following his orders. And when the war is gone and Gilbert is gone, she has nothing. She doesn't know what to be present to. And I, I, I also love Hodgins' note of you're burning up and at some point you're going to catch on to it. It's like, it's almost the idea of being with just how sad you are or just how angry you are or what it is you might actually need in that moment. And so I would love to work on presence with Violet, be it, I don't know, like if she was a real client in like modern era, I might be like, yeah, meditate or journal or write letters to yourself. And I would do so with the, like in service of her being able to be connected to what it is that she might want for herself, which is ultimately what Gilbert wishes for her. You know, spoiler alert, in the moment that you see, the last moment you see of the two of them together, he is supposedly dying. He's been shot. And he tells her that he loves her and he wishes for her to be free. And what fascinates me is she doesn't even understand what that means or what that is. So I would love to work with her on being present to what freedom looks like for her. Yeah, I love that. I think that's beautiful. And Christina, I'm so curious now that we started on this topic. Does, when do you think things started to shift for her? Because we see her struggling from the beginning. She doesn't know how to relate to people. She's just very blunt and doesn't really have no filter. So the way that she sees things is the way that she calls them out and sometimes can come off as insensitive. So when did you start seeing that shift? And what do you think, and the second part to that question is, what do you think actually switched for her? Mm. Oh, God. You know, I'm sure other watchers of the series might pick a different moment, but for me, I actually thought that Violet's turning point was when she used her conciseness in service of someone. And so I'm specifically thinking about the third episode when she meets Spencer and Luculia. And a quick recap. So Spencer went to war. And while he was in war, he fought on the eastern side. Meanwhile, when the war moved to the western side, his parents were killed. And he always related to that as his fault. And so his sister, Luculia, hires Violet to help her write a letter to see that Spencer can understand that she loves him and him being alive is enough for her and she celebrates him. And Luculia is almost so overcome with emotion and so overcome with the, the content of it, like how to express her feelings that she thinks that it's impossible to capture it in a single letter. And this is the first moment where perhaps because Violet herself was in war, you know, this is my assertion, that she was actually able to capture concisely how Luculia felt for Spencer. And in a very simple and brief letter, completely changed how he was holding himself. You know, he went from this drunkard that was constantly getting into street fights to you know, repent or, or grieve over this loss 
to in turn wanting to reciprocate and respond to Lucullia and share how much he loves her as well as his sister. So that was probably the moment for me. And I think what made it possible was, I think it was the first time that Violet got to see that exactly who she was was perfect for her role. Like she didn't have to become any better at feeling or any more illustrative with her words. She just had to like really listen to the heart of what Lucullia was saying, which is, you know, I love you, I forgive you, and I'm so glad you're here with me. How about you, Mary? What, what was like the turning point for you where you really saw the, the cracks, so to speak, in Violet's heart open up? Well, definitely, I think that was one of the moments. And it happens third season, you know, like third episode, sorry. And you can definitely see that she gets it. And what's funny about that particular episode is that just previous to Lakulia asking her to write this, she'd actually failed her autumn memory dolls test because it, even though she's a great typer because she had machine-like hands and she can type like 200 words per minute or something ridiculous like that, she just couldn't get to the core of the feeling. So it's only after that she fails that Lakulia talks to her and she gets it. It's like there's a, a moment where she's like, oh, that's the thing. And I think that is a turning point. And I think after that episode, we just start to see her kind of just explore what this looks like a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. But I think one of the episodes that I really loved was the episode that has to do with grief, where she talks to a professor and um, he, the professor had, I'm sorry, not a professor, a playwright, and he had lost his daughter in a terrible, like the daughter was sick and she just ended up dying very young. And the playwright was in the middle of writing a play for his daughter a story that he used to tell her, but wasn't able to finish because the grief was so overwhelming. And I think this was the episode that I started to see Violet come to terms with her own grief, with her own loss, and the loss that the major had left and that she couldn't fill. And there's this one particular moment in that episode where the playwright is talking about his daughter and what he, what she meant to him and how much he misses her. Now she starts seeing Violet tear up and then you see how present those feelings are for her as well. And I thought that was just beautiful, beautifully done. And then you start seeing the journey from there about her connection to grief and loss. Oh, man. Yeah, I think the other thing to mention about this episode where she meets this playwright, Oscar Webster, is like, first of all, it has one of the most beautifully animated scenes I have ever seen in the history of anime. Like there's a moment where you just watch Violet use her, you know, superhuman abilities to essentially leap across an entire lake and attempt to use just the fallen leaves in the water to cross the lake. And it was breathtaking, like it's just visually incredible. And I think to your point, Mary, the other reason it, it moved me as an episode is I think for a, a lot of people, they relate to Violet as the super soldier as something to get rid of. Like that part of her needs to be dead. She needs to relinquish it. Like she needs to perform her roles as an auto memory stall. And I think something that's so moving about that episode is that Violet actually on purpose uses her super soldier abilities not to kill anyone or go into battle, but to actually help Oscar capture what it might have felt like to be able to have this moment with his daughter. And I think her seeing how her abilities were able to move him in turn moves her. Like she's able to see all that she is as multiple gifts that she has, not just the weapon that she used to be. Yeah. And I think you just really touched on it, Christina, because I think one of the 
beautiful things about this series, and in particular that episode, is that you see the shared pain and how they can actually both support each other in moving forward by sharing the pain instead of just locking it away and not talking about it. Um, so it's a beautiful episode. It's just a magical scene. And I think that scene in particular, all the things that you said, and also Oscar had been struggling because he was, he was like, well, I'm not sure what happens next. And it's actually um, Violet's action, that action of jumping over the lake that made it really real for him. And that he said in that moment, yes, this is what my daughter would have said in coming back home. And you see that there's a type of closure for him in that moment where he's like, he felt really connected to his daughter. So it's just beautiful and magical. It makes you want to cry and you need tissues. <laughs> yeah. So besides racking up your Kleenex bill, uh, the, the dots that I want to connect here is, you know, I was mentioning earlier how Violet originally tries to understand feelings by like processing them through her head. And, you know, trying to think them through or do feelings to understand them. And what I hear you pointing to, Mary, is her just being present with people. Like her actually creating this relationship with Oscar sufficient to be being able to like recreate this experience for him. I have it that it's actually the, the human connection and the willingness to be with Oscar's feelings that allows Violet to tap into her own. And so I think the coaching lesson, if that's what you want to call it, or just the, the really cool awareness in that is noticing how, you know, you can hypothesize what it's going to feel like, or you can try and make yourself understand it through your head. But one of the quickest access points to truly just being with how you feel is to be present and be connected to others and actually allow yourself to be available for those moments of vulnerability. Because that's what that's what really strikes me about Violet's job overall and all of the jobs of the Auto Memories doll is so many of them serve clients that have been through trauma. They've been through events that cause them to grieve. They are waiting for loss to come into their lives. And if you're not, you know, part of being a coach is being willing to be moved by those experiences and be informed by those experiences. And we really see how Violet gets out of her head and into her heart as she allows for more and more of these events to happen. Yeah, I, I can't add to I think that was beautifully said and put. And Christina, I'm curious, like what other episodes did you, or your favorites, did you get something from, struck you? Yeah, if I could share one more, I think it has to be the single most perfectly written episode in the entire series, which for me is episode 10 which in essence, Violet is hired and comes to this beautiful mansion where there's little girl Anne and her mother. And her mother has asked Violet to sit with her for a few days to write letters. And you don't really know what they're for. And all you see is that, you know, Anne is frustrated that her mom's ignoring her and isn't spending time with her. And what you come to realize by the end of the episode is that Anne's mother is sick terminally ill, and she knows she doesn't have much time left. And so she actually hires Violet to write 50 years worth of letters to send to her daughter, Anne, on her birthday. And God, it just, it like, I'm like trying not to cry even talking about it because it, it, there's so much there. First of all, it speaks to this mother's love for her daughter 
that she would give up time to be physically with her, to have this way to always be with her past her own life. And the other reason it moves me is when Violet returns to the postal company and shares that she's, you know, finished writing the letters, she shares with her coworkers her own grief of realizing how many years Anne will have to spend without her mother. And it's in this moment where you almost see Violet processing her own grief over no longer having Gilbert in her life by thinking about what it'll be like for Anne to not have her mother in her life. And for me, it's just such a turning point in the series because here you see this girl who may as well be full robot, not just have prosthetic arms, like truly grieve for someone and grieve for someone through the experience that she's a part of and also process her own grieving as a result of it. Yeah, it was definitely unique tissues. I don't, I don't, and I think the, I think what's magical about that episode is that you're kind of with the little girl. You're kind of seeing everything happen through Anne because you don't know why Violet's there. You don't see who she's writing to or what's going on with the mom. So everything you're looking at is through little Anne's eyes. And you're also, you know that there's something serious going on, but you're just as curious and just as frustrated and just as sad because you see this child who yearns to be with her mom, especially when she knows that her mom is sick and has limited time. And what's also interesting about this episode is that Anne relates to Violet as a doll for most of it, as a living big doll. And she's surprised when, I think one of the things is like, she asks her, it's like, when you drink tea, what happens to it? (laughs) Because she only looks, she doesn't know that Violet is an actual human person. But I say that because Violet, throughout this journey, you start seeing Violet come into her own. And I think at episode 10, she's developed this professionalism, this cleanness, this tenacity, this ability to maintain her composure in like the most difficult and stressful situations. And you almost wonder how she's relating to everything. And it's not until the last moment that the secret is uncovered and you see what's been going on. And you think, wow. What kind of strength does this woman possess to be able to keep that kind of composure while writing 50 years worth of letters to a daughter, you know, from a mom to a daughter, knowing that her mom's not going to be there for much longer? And I was just like, I'm going to start tearing on myself because it's just like the kind of heart, the kind of love, the kind of strength that takes is just, um, I don't know, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's completely awesome. And Speaking of, you know, not much time left, it, we are reaching the point where we've got to wrap things up. But seriously, folks, if you haven't already watched Violet Evergarden, I don't know why you listen to this. Go put, it, put this episode down and it's on Netflix. It's incredible. It's the perfect show if you're looking for a way to just feel your own feelings, get connected to your own feelings through connecting with these characters' experiences and letting out a good, ugly cry. Um, Mary, anything you'd add as we wrap things up? Everybody needs a good, ugly cry now and then. It's like letting your feelings out with intention and letting the emotions out is just part of your own self-care. Absolutely. And so if you have any other series that'll give you a good old belly aching sob that you want us to talk about, make sure you leave us a comment on Instagram or at our email and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye everyone. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. 
If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Takupod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.